All right, what's up? Greetings, everyone. Stuart here for Me Dwelle episode 49 with Split co-founder Jeff Mahan. I'm going to just do a brief introduction here before we move on to the podcast with him. Grateful for Split, thankful that they are uh, they're part of the team. You know, Split stepped up through our association with Corey Jensen. If you know Corey, uh, great racer, great man. And he said, hey, I've got an opportunity to connect with Split Nutrition. Uh, they provide a, uh, a packet, if you've seen it, half of it's peanut butter, half of it's jelly or chocolate, either way. And uh, you squeeze the two sides of the packet together uh, and it creates this incredible piece of nutrition for cyclists or whatever. I eat it at my desk. It's not a big deal. So uh, we're on with Jeff. We're going to hear his story, the story of the company. And as well, dude, he shares some incredible advice about nutrition, about uh, how to take care of your body, how to feel good, and just some, in, just some really fun insights from a guy who's been and seen a lot of stuff. So hopefully you enjoy the podcast. I got Jake on as a co-host. Super grateful for him and these guys who took the time to be with us. So uh, as we move forward, Split will be part of some group rides. I've got a lot of fun product to share, as well as Jeff shares some things they're going to be doing in Draper and at the Harmons uh, stores around the Salt Lake Valley as Split moves into Harmons, and you can buy it there. Uh, and so they're going to be doing a big kickoff coming in May at the Harmon stores where Split's going to be in the parking lot running some group rides as well as some big parties. I don't know what it looks like, but dude, Split probably going to throw a huge party because Jeff is a professional cook and he knows how to party. So uh, stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for some offers from Split and uh, make it part of your nutrition when you ride. Big love to everybody that joined us from Team Camp. I'm still kind of glowing from how awesome it was and how fun it was. I wish I was in St. George now just enjoying the sun after this snowstorm. Whatever, it's fine. Finally, kits. Kits are Kit store is open. Uh, we're super thankful for Volet and thankful for all the work they do for uh, the team, making it possible for us to look good and to ride in some of the best gear that is made. So Team Store is open now, closes on April 18th. So get your uh, orders in for summer, and we'll do one more order at the end of summer that will arrive uh, right before Loaded Joe, right before September. That's it. I'm yarning on. Enjoy this episode. And uh, a lot more fun episodes to come. We've got the Britons coming on soon. Uh, we're going to do an interview with Chip. We're going to do an interview with Ventum. So a lot of fun episodes are, uh, are piling up and uh, look forward to it. All right, before we start into this episode, just a fair warning that there is some explicit language in this episode. So if you've got children, uh, hide them. Earmuffs maybe a little bit before you roll the episode. Uh, but you've been warned, explicit language in this episode. Uh, enjoy. Bye. All right. What is up? It's been a few weeks. Me Dwelle podcast. Uh, grateful to be back. Jake, welcome. Hey, great to be here. Great to be here. Uh, we have got new guest Jeff Mahan with us. Je hey, Jeff. Welcome. Hi, guys. How are you? Jeff is the, uh, Jeff, do I call you owner, founder of Split Nutrition? Is that a good title? Uh, you can just call me, does yeah. make sure everyone's happy. That's what nutrition, uh, I'm a co-founder. So I have a few other co-founders that started the idea with me. So, Very cool. uh, I'm the, the one who's the least talented and I just make sure that all the talented people feel happy on any given day. 
He's the one that split sent us the least talented. Very good. Yeah, right. They're like, hey, the, everyone else is real busy with a, a real job. This guy can talk to these guys for an hour. Whatever, whatever. So if you didn't know, if you if you missed team camp, so 80 of us are down there in St. George. And um, right before we went down, split contacted me through Corey Jensen at LHM. There it is. If you're watching the video. Shameless and, promotion. And split said. We, we are interested in, in partnering with you in getting your opinions and getting your thoughts, sharing the product with the team. So they sent us a bunch of product that we handed out both days at team camp. Hopefully you got to use some. Um, and from there, this morphed into let's hear the story of split. Um, what, what can we do to promote the product? Because it is, I mean, I hate to say this, but I have some boxes here at the office that now I just consume I'm not exercising. I'm just consuming them at my desk, just eating peanut. So it's a combination. Is that a little taste? And then we got you for good. (laughs) So it's a combination as Jeff held that up. It's a combination of peanut butter and jelly. And we'll talk about it, but you, you eat them at the same time. It's like you rip the top off. That's it. And you just, right. That's it. And it's so good. Uh, And we're going to hear the story about how he developed it, how he created it, how they came up with the idea from, uh, all the crap products that are out there to develop something that was not only excellent tasting, but also was convenient. It brought the two ingredients together. Anyway, okay, we're going to talk about it. Um, before we get into that, Jake, team camp. Man, it was well uh, done. Best one yet, I would say. I think uh-huh. we've got some uh, some big shoes to fill hopefully next year. I mean, we're <laughs> trying to make it bigger and better next year, but uh, I thought it was fantastic. The raffle was great and all. Just want to say thanks to everybody for, you know, coming down and spending time getting to know all the new faces, the old faces, and you know, um, yeah, it was a fantastic time. I mean, I wish we were back there now with the weather and, you know, enjoying each other's company. But uh, yeah, fantastic weekend, and again, looking forward to planning it again next year if Stu gives me the reins again, and you know, we'll kind of move from there. So yeah, as long as we don't give the Venom the Ventum giveaway an entire bike to a guy <laughs> from TVD. I can't if they're listening i want you to know that that bike raffle was oh man well at least we've got the southern california boys with a brand new ventum gravel bike so hey, enjoy. It's, a good, it's a good marketing plug over there man it's good so yeah you just need the curly hair from the ventum guys too to like really go man yeah we had the ventum we had the ventum guys down with us we had this jeff we had this beautiful bike we were raffling for the yeah. team but we invite these guests. We invite these guys from California. That their team comes and joins our team camp. Californians. And this one guy, he, it was. It has to be some sort of divine intervention that we pulled his name. Like it was yeah. uh, California. It was oh, but man. Big thanks to you, Jay. Camp was awesome. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe it was uh, already been so many weeks away. But man, I wish I was in St. George. So kudos to you. Can't wait for next year. Good job. Also, big shout out to uh, Corey Jensen on a speedy recovery. Oh, that, man. Oh, so I know he connected us, but the uh, true bike racer, I said, are you doing OK? He goes, yeah, I got fifth. <laughs> As he slid across the page. Yeah, I was like, I meant like, uh, that's good. The next question is, is your bike OK? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, ribs, so, his lung, all of that. Everything. Like, man. Yeah, he really hit it hard. So um but you know he's, he was really proud of his his, his top five. Right. Um, Jake, anything else? Any oh, we got team kits are open for another three days. You might not even hear this before kit, the the store closes. We'll do one more team kit order at the end of summer. So 
uh, get your spandex runners in. And will that, will that be before Lodija? Uh, I think or... I think we'll try we'll try to open it up in July so that all so you can get fresh stuff for the kind of the end of season races. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, Jeff. Let's dig in. Let's all go. Right. Will you tell all us all my skeletons? Yeah, let's go open up that closet. Let's just hear it all. Will you tell a little bit about who you are and uh, kind of where you come from? Yeah, um, I'm Jeff. Um, there you go. I'm born and raised in California. Still live out here. I'm sorry that we took your Ventum bike, but no, you know, no, so losers. <laughs> um, so I, I've been in the restaurant business my entire life. Uh, I started out really, really young. I think that's like the story of most people in restaurants. They're like, I started when I was seven washing dishes. Um, but I did, right? And I, you know, I was kind of this like rebellious kid who who liked to stir the pot and nothing's really changed. Uh, but I got kicked out of high school. Uh, I got my GED when I was like 16. And there, you know, surprisingly uh, enough that there wasn't a lot of options uh, for, for a kid at 16 with a GED, you know, no one was offering me a, a doctor position. So I ended up in restaurants like full time and it, it couldn't have been better. Like there's a lot of kind of like structure and creativity. And, you know, I always kind of look at it. It's like, it's very set up like a military where there's a hierarchy, but you don't have to get shot at. So that's always a plus. Um but like my first job was at Denny's, you know, like, you know, like real like paid job that wasn't under the table. And like, so it wasn't like I, you know, privy to this like really world of fine dining. And the more I did it, the more competitive I got. I'm also real competitive by nature. And so like I ended up working at some of the world's best restaurants. I've lived in England, Spain, Mexico, New York, Chicago, kind of all over the country and world, you know, cooking fine dining. And with that, you know, like, you work at the world's best restaurants and do all these different things, but no one was really talking about like health and nutrition. Like we were talking about how to make things delicious and how to make things float and, you know, doing weird stuff with like liquid nitrogen and gelling agents and like blowing your mind through food memories. But like, no one was really asking like, Hey, when you eat this, how do you feel in six hours, 12 hours in a day? Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, so as I started growing and, and working in the restaurant industry and food, like, you know, you work, 15 hours a day, 12 hours a day. And you really burn the candle at both ends. And it's really for the greater good, right? It's, it's no different than bike racing, right? You just punch yourself into the ground and you're like, oh, it's because it's, it's I'm going to get stronger. It's because I'm going to get better, you know? And you forget that rest days are important. And, you know, I kind of burnt out. And, you know, I realized there was this big correlation between just my health and like drinking and smoking cigarettes and doing other things. And like, how do you feel? And so I really started like getting into learning about nutrition and, and learning about fitness. And, you know, I'm not a big guy, uh, you know, like going to a gym, like even now today, like, like, I'm sorry, but like, I fucking hate gyms. Like I, it's like this whole, whole, like big buff guy, you know, masculine, like lifting iron. Like it's like, it wasn't for me. It was like weird. Like it felt like, what the fuck do I know about bench pressing? <laughs> like, and like, it just like, didn't seem exciting. And like, so like, you know, I, I, when I was like, all right, maybe I'll get into like bicycling. Like I used to mess with cyclists all the time as a kid and like throw water balloons at them. Sorry. And like, you know, like we'll drive him by, but I was like, you know, it got me outside. And like, I found that the community in cycling was really similar to community in kitchens, right? Like you guys are talking about a team camp and it's all these strangers from different walks of life, like coming together and like wearing little tights and spandex and shaving their legs and doing weird stuff. Right. But like, 
you all come together as a family and then you compete against each other and then you do dangerous shit next to each other. You sprint at 40 miles an hour and like people get hurt, but like it's this community where like there's this unspoken rule of like, try not to kill me. And like, and so it really resonated with me. And through that nutrition came a big part of it. And like actually realizing that like eating uh, not only changed performance, but also changed your mental uh, ability and stability. And so, yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell, just a lowly cook who kind of stumbled upon cycling and nutrition. Well, it's funny that I'm sitting here thinking, I'm gonna tell a quick story. It will relate, I promise. <laughs> I'm sitting in the stands. So Jeff, we race Lodija. It's a 200 mile road race from Logan, Utah to Jackson, Wyoming. And like, it's awful. It's like, it's like nine hours. And uh, I finished the race. I'm sitting behind this old man in the stands the next morning, right? It's the next morning. And we're in the award ceremony and I'm, I'm kind of eavesdropping over his shoulder, watching his phone. And he's typing a message to his wife that says, still haven't been able to eat so super sick my stomach's disgusting like diarrhea i've been throwing and i'm like what the what the freak like are you kidding me like the race produced this man's like absolute digestive system shutdown and yeah. he's fine and he's fine with it he's like oh it was great it was a great day like i loved it and i said to myself and i said to kristen when we left i'm gonna cut out like eating the trash that you eat on a bike yeah, like Jeff, like what you're saying. Um, in so my wife's 100% into natural food when she rides, when she races. Yeah, because it's like, dude, who wants to have diarrhea for like two days after a race and feel like total crap because you're pounding diarrhea jail. two days before the race to, <laughs> to cut weight? And everybody's like, oh no, that's normal. You're supposed to feel like crap. Like, um, that's why I love this idea because we've had we've used split in our house for a couple of years. We buy it at Harmons. Um, and it's for that reasons, like, dude, it's peanut butter and jelly. It's like what you said, I'm a chef, I'm a cook. Why wouldn't we produce something that is actually helpful now that we're riding and racing? Jake, I don't know. You kind of have that same mindset, don't you? You, you don't eat a lot of trashy bike gels, do you? I don't actually. I just, I think they're kind of gross to be honest with you. So I try to stay, I mean, I, I don't eat the whole lot on the bike. I kind of have everything in my bottle. I use that infinite nutrition, but um, I'll be, I'll be very honest. I haven't used the split nutrition yet. And I'm very, I mean, I'm doing before this, I did a little research on it and kind of looking at it and, you know, I'm very intrigued by it and I actually want to try it. So I'm going to try to, you know, start using it this next month and use it in my, my training. But, um, you know, yeah, I, I try to be as natural as I can. So I try to stay away from those gels. I tried them earlier on in my, my years of my stomach just got really wonky and weird. So yeah, um, I'm, I'm I think like that's like the interesting thing about food, right? Is that like, if you really go back to like evolution and, and just like this like idea of hunter gatherers and like, you know, humans and, and just like, you can get into like tacit and mere neurons, right? Like how we started finding food and how our brains started developing with like, you know, calorie intakes and like mass calorie intakes, especially with fat, right? And I think we forget about this on the bike is I think we think like, oh, like, has to be a quick carbohydrate, has to be a quick carbohydrate, you know, but like fat is unbelievably a great fuel source because it's nine calories per gram and you can teach your body to burn it, right? And you think of like a lot of these like all meat diets right now, carnivore diet and, you know, like just even animals in nature, like eating fat is they've learned how to metabolize it and burn it. And so like as an athlete, especially under stress, like you can only digest so much. And so like the more you're digesting, you know, bad things like a, like it requires water. And so if you eat something that's like a dry bar, 
um we won't name names but like if you eat like a dry bar with like oats in it right like they have to hydrate right those things have to hydrate and soak and then digest and so you're not only putting your body through stress like riding up a hill or racing or doing all these things but like now your stomach is like trying to pull water in trying to make sure things Mm. absorb try to make sure that then the oats are hydrated then they're broken down then they're like past things right and so like i get the idea of goose but then you get like all these different artificial flavors and nutrients. And, and I kind of look at it this way, like, it's funny, like, and I do this like exercise with myself, like if my girlfriend or like my business partner, someone asked me to do something, I do it right away, right? They're like, hey, at three o'clock, you know, I, I do them for different reasons because I'm terrified of my girlfriend. Um, but <laughs> you know, like, you know, like- Wait, that's the name of the someone, podcast. I'm going to name like, the podcast up. <laughs> Yeah, it's a different podcast. But like if a coach is like, hey, I need you to do intervals. You're like, yeah, I got it, right? I'll I'll do intervals today, right? And like, the problem is like, you're really good at pleasing other people. But then if you're like, oh, what am I going to eat tonight? You're like, whatever doesn't matter for myself. Like, I'll just eat whatever, right? And so like, I think sometimes the nutrition that you would recommend to like a new person on a bike is totally different than nutrition you would eat yourself because of some kind of like care or respect, right? Like you're like, whatever, I'm... I cycled, you know, for 10 years, like whatever, I can eat anything. I'll drink a Coke, a Snickers bar, have a goo and then go. And like, we forget to check in with ourselves. And I think what you said, which is really interesting, Stuart, like, I think as like a athlete, the biggest thing we can do for performance is listen to our bodies, right? Like, and check in with ourselves. And like, that includes like rest days, right? Like if you're this guy, right? Who's typing his wife saying, I feel horrible, like, you know, maybe he gets 17th in the race or 10th in the race, right? Because he feels horrible. But like, what if he rested and said, you know what, I'm just going to call it today. I'm going to rest. I'm going to have an easy week. I'm going to race next weekend, but I'm going to be revitalized. And then he'll get fifth, third, second, first, right? And so like, I think the same thing with nutrition, even off the bike, is that like checking in with yourself on like, oh, I ate tamales yesterday. How do I feel today? And then like, the more you can check in with yourself, the better you can feel like that's where you find nourishment. I love that. Did you, you know, um, Jeff, so you, um, in your journey, you become a cyclist, you start cycling. Yeah. Is that, uh, tell us maybe a little bit about that. Like now you're into it and you're riding, uh, did it organically create itself? You're like, I'm going to make it, I'm going to create a product. I mean, how did that, how did that kind of play out? No. Uh, I mean, so like, I, I am an addict by nature, you know, like, um, I have, I'm a workaholic, uh, you know, I'm addict sober, you know, like I, whenever I love something, I like, I, 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 I love it more than everybody else and more is better. Um, and so cycling kind of goes to the same thing. And so like, when I started cycling, like it was interesting, like it was interesting, the idea of like just progression and like how you could get better in watching progression. So like, I'm really addicted to progression. So like, if I could go up and like, you know, just see incremental betterments every day, like that is like, that gets me really excited. And so like, I went from like self doing it to like finding a coach to competing with myself on Strava every day. And then like doing interval training and, you know, doing training peaks and just doing all these whole things. And like, it was always about like fighting myself and like being better. Right. And so through that nutrition rest, you know, everything possible. And like, you know, I, I got down to like, you know, 148 pounds and like, you know, I was as skinny as possible and, and I'm really, really good uh, at riding a, a bike uphill, you know, um, for being the size I was. And so um, 
through that process, I was seeing my co-founder, a guy named Dr. Phil Goglia, and he does an incredible amount of athletes. And if anyone ever needs a nutritionist, he's the guy to go to. He's in Los Angeles. He is the most offensive person you've ever met. Uh, he will absolutely get sued one day for just making someone feel uncomfortable. Like he's like, and not in a weird way, but like he just you know swears and like you know he has a picture of himself behind him instead of my weird art piece. Like he has this like picture of him when he was like Mr. Olympia. So he's like 36 inch legs, 30 inch waist, and just like more you know just covered in fake tanner. And he just like first time I met him, he's like, "Do you know how I look like this?" And I was like, "I don't know, man. You're fucking, your diet." He goes, no, stupid steroids. Yeah. I took 10 steroids a day. I was like, oh what the God. fuck? And it was like, that's a good icebreaker. But like <laughs> his big thing, and like this goes back to sort of like food insecurities with cyclists is like, he was like, I'm like, I want to be, I was like 160. I'm like, I want to be 10 pounds lighter. I want to do all these things with cycling. He's like, great. We're going to have you eat 6,000 calories a day. I was like, Are you? I'm like, you, you didn't listen to me, dude. I don't want to look like you. I don't want to be a bodybuilder. Like, I want to be tiny. I want to be a 14 year old boy, you know, like on a bicycle who can go uphill fast. Right. And like, he's like, yeah, we're going to have you eat 6,000 calories. I was like, and then I was like, all right, so what's the diet? And he's like, you know, you're going to have like eggs, oatmeal, you know, you're going to have sorbet before you go to bed. You're going to have a pound of steak every night. Like, and I was like, this guy's crazy. This guy's nuts. Right. And so, but he does like Phil Gaiman. He does Kevin Love. He does you know, like all the Marvel people, like he clearly knows what he's doing. And so like, I'm like, whatever, I'll do it for a month, like, and see how good it does. And like, unbelievable. Like I drop weight, like nobody's business. Every night I was more hungry as I like, can, I eat more steak. Can I eat a pound and a half? Can I eat two pounds? He's like, yeah, keep going. And the idea is that your metabolism is like a thermostat, right? And like, so when there's no food, your metabolism goes down, it doesn't repair things. Like, it's kind of like, all right, cool. There's obviously no you know, food on the Serengeti, but like, if you're living in paradise and you're just eating all these things all the time and you're, you know, you know, food is just everywhere and abundant, then your metabolism's on fire. And that's the interesting thing that like, I learned mm -hmm. from being a cyclist is that your body and your mind do not talk. They fucking do not like each other. They don't talk to each other. Like your body's like, I can keep going. Your mind's like, you should stop. And like, but the same thing is like, if you have a cold, you've been sick for three days. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I have a little tickle in my throat. I must be sick. But like your body has been sick before. Same with cancer, tumor, things like that. Like your body could easily be like, hey, we have a mass growing in our lung, you know, before you start coughing up blood, but it doesn't, right? So th there's no connection. So like when you're like, I want to starve myself and, and look good in a bikini or on a bicycle, your body just goes, oh, well, it must not have any food. We'll just not repair muscle. We'll just get more tired. We'll just start doing mm -hmm. all these other things, right? And so I started eating like that. And one of the big things that he would talk about, and this is my long-winded way of getting the split, was a fat and a sugar, right? Is, and so like a fat and a sugar combo. So like 13 almonds and, and a piece of fruit, right? So about 13 grams of sugar, you know, and about 15, 13 almonds. And the idea is that, is that when you eat just a carbohydrate, it shoots your glycogen up and then crashes you, right? And so then you're just on this roller coaster of sugar, crash, sugar, crash, sugar, crash. And you see that on a bike, right? And the thing with fat is, and you see this with levels and super sapien and all these different like glucose wearing monitors is that by pairing a fat with it, what happens is it really like arcs the crash and it teaches your body that fat is a fuel source, right? And so the carbohydrates a catalyst and then fat is something that you can burn. And so on the bike, you know, Jake, like 
when you just eat sugar, you have to eat sugar every 15 minutes, every 20 minutes, and you just have to keep going, keep going, keep going. So drink, 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 drink. But the problem is that puts stress on your, you know, digestive system. Now you're drinking a lot of water and instead of now your body has to separate the water from the nutrients. And so it's a lot of work, you know? And so by, by eating fat, it really helps your body say, okay, like we can metabolize this quickly. All right. We have a little sugar to get us there. And then we have fat to kind of stabilize us through this. And again, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm just parroting what he says. And so like through this process, like I was like, well, what about peanut butter and jelly? He goes, yeah, but you can't have that shitty processed, you know, bread and all these different things. And so I was like, well, yeah, just a peanut butter and jelly pack. Like I'll just go buy a peanut butter and jelly pack. And like, and he was like, well, I had this idea of this like dual sided pack. And like, he started drawing it out and he's like, we could put different things in there. And I was like, well, like, cool. Like, awesome. Like, I'll just go buy one. And we started looking and looking and like, no one had ever made a, peanut butter and jelly pack and so he had this idea of a dual-sided pack and I was like wait a minute like I can do this like we can figure this out like this seems like it's America's favorite food like peanut butter and jelly like you know and I knew nothing about this like I'm a restaurant guy man like I'm barely able to like you know read a book let alone like you know figure out you know all these different things and so for a year we just called people and I think like this idea of not knowing things like really benefited me. Like I would just call big companies and be like, Hey, I get this idea. Can you do this? And they're like, what company are you with? I'm like, we're not, we're this like little startup. And like, we finally found people that believed in us. Like we produced 10,000 packs as like a first trial run. I misspelled blueberry on all the boxes. Uh, <laughs> you berry. So like, you know, it's now a collector's edition. Um, and no one lets me proofread anymore. That goes back to my PC. <laughs> Um, you know, but like, and so it's been a wild ride, you know, and then like, you know, getting into like, we launched, we were in 1600 stores, everything was awesome. Then COVID hit and like, man, that like kicked us right in the teeth because we're an on the go snack in a grocery store and it's COVID. And so like, you know, I think paralleling that with like cycling, I think that being an athlete teaches you how to be a great business person. Right. And I think that business people who aren't athletes have a harder time. So I think as an athlete, you understand the peaks and the valleys. You understand that if you're in the break and you get a flat tire, you can do two decisions. You can change the flat tire and you can put some effort in and try to get back in the break or sit in the pack and, and, and do your thing, or you can give up, right? You can have a bad week and get sick. You can have a vacation and not work out. And like, I think the nice thing about being an athlete is that you always have to pivot. And I think that's what you need in business. And like, the more I became an athlete, the better business person I was for when conflict happened. You're so wise, Jeff. This oh, is pour, just pouring out of you. <laughs> I I don't know if it's wise. I, I just, these are all like, you know, things that have happened that like I've had to like go through and like what I've realized through and again, it goes back with athletes, right? Like you have two decisions in life, right? You can like tighten the bow on your shoe and be like, all right, I'm going to keep pedaling up this hill or you can give up. And like, yeah. what I realized, I remember we were doing this like it was like La Tap tour to California, like hill climb challenge. And I was in the front group. And I remember this, like I was going up in the front group and I was way out class and I wasn't that strong, but I was somehow persevering with these guys. And I was like, hey, just pretend you have a flat, just pull over. Like no one will know. Just like, you know, pretend you have a mechanical, like just like, and I was, I was telling myself to quit and I was lying to myself. I remember this. I was like, no, 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 dude. Like everyone will like, no one will know. Just be like, get to the finish line. Be like, oh, I could have totally hung out with you guys, but I had a flat, wow, bummer. Like, or like, oh, just pretend like your, your, your shifting doesn't work or like, and like, 
I kept trying to lie to myself to pull over. And like, what I realized is like, when you do that, and when you quit, like two minutes later, you're like, oh, I'm actually not that tired. Fuck. Like, and so like, and so like, you have to push through that. And they call it like, I guess a runner's wall. I don't know what they call it in cycling, but like this mental wall where you're like, you're trying to convince yourself to stop. And like, you know, like you love him or hate him. Like you hear like David Goggins talking about this, like 40% or like this like crazy thing. Like, and I think you see that in business, you see that in families, you see that in all these other things. It's like, it's easy to quit, man. And like with that, we actually, in most of my restaurants, we have this big yes on the wall, right? And like, I think we put that on, you know, right in the wall for everyone to see. And we do that because the easy answer is no, right? If you're like, you know, hey, can I have apple juice? And we don't have apple juice. We can be like, no, we don't have apple juice. And that's fine. No one really notices that. But if we say, hey, we don't have apple juice, but like, I'll run to the liquor store across the street and get your kid apple juice. Like, that's not an easy answer, but man, does it feel good? Yeah. Like, is it great for the guest? And so like, you know, I, I think that's really a big part of cycling to me is that things that are hard end up being great at the end. Definitely. What do you think, Jake? What about your, uh, Jake had an incredible experience this, this year where he was, I mean, you were in that same situation, Jake, where you were ready to give up. You had every excuse in the world to stop racing, loaded you and just be like, whatever, my hand's broken. My, my shifters are broken on you went, man. Yeah, it was a, it was a long, it was a long uh, race for me, you know, crashing and, uh, you know, 30 miles into the race is no fun of a 200 mile race. And Jeez. you know, just kind of basically was like, do I quit or do I not? And so I just was like, you know what, I'm going to finish this thing. I signed up, I paid for it. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to finish this thing. So yeah, I had a broken shifter and broken derailleur, kicked my derail in a couple of times, didn't have any shifting and rode the rest of the hundred and, you know, 70 miles, just kind of solo. It was kind of cool too. My brother waited for me halfway through the race, which I didn't even know. So he thought I had crashed out of the race, but uh, it was cool crossing the finish line together with him. And um, just finishing the race. It was longer than obviously I wanted it to, but um, I think mentally for me, like you talk about Jeff, you know, I think it was like that mental barrier for me. Like I knew I could, once I got past that barrier, it was like, I'm good. I can finish this race. And, you know, and it was something good to, to, that I was able to look back on and, and will continue to look back on as I get in those situations again, then I know I can get through it. So what was like the first thought when you finished, like, cause like, I think I always do this. Like when I see like, you know, a hundred K out or, you know, sorry, like, you know, like you're like a hundred meters out or like you see the finish line, but you're not there yet. Right. Like there's always this like weight of like, oh, there it is, but you're not there yet. Right. And I think about this in business and like, you know, you're selling the company and it's like the day before everyone signs. And like, I always remind myself, like, you know, don't celebrate until the finish line. And we've seen some professional athletes uh, do that in the last year or two. Right. Where they throw their hands up, but like, mm -hmm. you know, what was that feeling you know, 300 feet from the finish line. What was that feeling like one foot after the finish line? Man, it was, I think 300 feet from the finish line. I was like, I did it. Like I, I completed. And then after the finish line, I was like, I'm glad it's over, but I mean, I'm, I'm glad I finished, but I think, you know, the first thought that came to mind when I crashed, I mean, was like, what are, I mean, what are people going to think? It was, it was such a weird feeling to me. Like I cared more about what people thought about me than I did like about what happened. And so um, it was just a good reality check. Like it's, it, I shouldn't care what people think. Like it's about, you know, me and how I feel. And, and, um, you know, it's just something really interesting to reflect back on and, you know, crossing the finish line. I mean, it was just fantastic, man.
So, I mean, listen, sometimes people are motivators. Like, I mean, this sounds horrible, but like yesterday, like my buddy built this new jump. Uh, I transitioned to mountain biking and now do stupid things on a bike. And like, I was riding a, you know, a brand new bike. I haven't really ridden before. And this jump was like 25 feet double. Like, you know, it's like pretty big, like as like a, just like a first time bike. And like, I was like, all right, I was like going off the side of it. Like just looking at like, I'm not going to hit it today. Like it was windy. And then like these two random dudes showed up and like, you know, they're brand new to biking. They kind of like, were looking at the area and they stopped and they're like, Oh my God, look at that jump. And I was like, Fuck it. and I was like, I went and did it, you know, like, and they were like, Whoa, <laughs> like, absolutely i did it because there was an audience right like it like, <laughs> motivated me but like it was also not for like their approval but like maybe like it inspired them to be like oh my god like one day i can do that or like you know i think you know you do that on on bicycling too like it's like i think about this like when like i road cycle like you'd be going up a hill and you're like you thought you were tapped out and someone would like give you a little push and be like hey man you can get you can do this you know and it's like that little touch and you're like i can't Right. And so again, like, I think it's like sometimes other people's belief as well is that like tipping point, right? Like you said, like, what are people going to think? And like, I think what you probably also thought was like, I bet people think I can finish this too. And like, I think sometimes you just need that little touch of like, Hey, you can do this too. Is, is really helpful. Yeah. I love that. Jeff, um, as you think back, like to your cycling, like what you've learned over the last year, uh, years and what you've seen people do i mean i i although you're making fun of yourself for not knowing anything um what are some of like the biggest mistakes you're seeing people or you have seen people make when it comes to fueling when it comes to taking care of themselves riding i mean let's say we've got a novice listening i mean what kind of advice sure. are you giving to people yeah do it uh i think the biggest advice i can do is eating before you need it right and i don't mean just on the bike like i mean like tonight if i'm gonna go on a big ride tomorrow right and like when you lay it out it like becomes pretty simple but like i'm gonna go on a big ride tomorrow right and so like a lot of people like they get up they have their espresso they have like a bar or something they hop on the bike and they do 60 miles on a saturday or whatever it is right but the problem is like that you haven't really eaten in like 12 hours and so like if i eat dinner tonight at 6 p.m right and like i wake up at 6 a.m like my body's still burning a thousand calories 1500 calories even if i'm sleeping right there's a resting metabolic rate and so like you're already deprived and so the idea of like eating at night right and this whole like don't eat at night you're gonna get fat like all this like bullshit you just gotta get out of your head right like you're an athlete you're gonna burn 3,000 calories on a bike like your body just needs energy and so if you deprive it, it's just, it just, that's where you lose watts. That's where you lose these things. Like you talk to like, one of my good friends is Rohan Dennis. Like, and like, you know, like we talk about how much he eats on any given day, right? Like you see Phil Gaiman, who's 140 pounds in a stick figure. And like, he eats a Domino's pizza, you know, after a ride, you know, it has to be 4,000 calories. Like these guys aren't just like naturally gifted of being skinny. They they're eating. Right. And so like, like going back to eating and that, so like, the night before eating like eggs, oatmeal, fruit, like really finding this like fat, protein, carbohydrate combo, right? Really making sure before you go to sleep, you have all your glycogen stores and all your food stores ready to go. Then when you wake up, eat again, right? Like you're already missing a thousand calories. So eat more, but then have like time to digest it. So if you're riding at seven, eat at five and it sucks. But like the idea is if you like you want this food, not just like eaten and in your stomach, but you want it digested. You want all these things that you're eating to like go in the right places, right? And so like you're then gonna show up at the ride totally fueled, 
right? And like, same with hydration. Like, I think salt and hydration are something that's like really overlooked. Like, if you're an athlete and you're riding four or five days a week, man, like over salt your food, man, like do it. Your body loves salt. Like salt is like one of the biggest reasons for crashing. And like, you know, not physically crashing uh, like you, Jake, but like, you know, like, you know, bonking on things, right? And like salt is your friend. You're sweating out salt all the time. So like salt is great. Um, and again, going back to that real food thing, right? Like your body is used to, like I think about this in relationships and business and training. Consistency is key, right? And so if you're consistent in business, you're going to do good. If you're consistent in relationships, you're going to do good. If you're consistent in training, you're going to do good. But like, then we're not consistent in nutrition, right? And so like you eat things on a bike that are totally different than what you'd eat on a daily basis. And so all of a sudden you're introducing something that's totally new for your body. And it's like, you have to think back on this, like hunter gatherer, your body has no idea. It thinks you're just running from lions when you're on a bike. And all of a sudden you eat something strange. It's like, I don't know what to do with this. Okay. Digest it. And like, who cares what the result is? And so like, again, like finding food patterns, knowing when to eat and actually listening to your body whether you're a professional, whether you're not, like there's a reason that professional riders have private chefs on the bus. And the minute they're done, they have a drink. And then two hours later, they have a meal. And like they schedule this shit out because food is really the thing that changes all of that. Um, you know, and, and it's something that like, that was the biggest advancement for me on a bike is I was so food insecure and afraid to eat too much on a bike because like, I was worried about weight gain. But I realized the more I ate, the so much better I performed. I love that thought I wrote down, dude, consistency is key. It's funny because you're like, well, I got to be consistent with my sales, with my business, with my training. Yeah. And then dude, it's the same, like your food, you're like, well, whatever, box of donuts, box of cookies. I mean, yeah. it's, it's true. I mean, it really is true. It's like, uh, it's something that we, I think as cyclists, I hate that thing that guys say where they're like, well, I earned it. I earned this, yeah. whatever. And I, I get it. Like it is fun sometimes, but, um, but like, think if you're awesome. a car, right? Like if you're a car and you have a gas tank, right. And this idea of like always being in deficit, like is stupid. Right. Because like, think about like, if you really boil it down, like a calorie is a kilocalorie and it's the unit of, you know, like how much it, energy it takes to, you know, move one, you know, like liter squared of water, like one degree centigrade, right? Like the, the kilocalories actually a unit of energy. Right. And so when you eat things, it's, true energy right and so calories are calories right all sugar boils down to sugar right and so like there's no like difference between like sugar cane and all these other sugars like fruit sugar like your body just metabolizes them sugar and so as a carbohydrate and so like this idea of like if you start a race with half an engine or like half a fuel tank and then you just tap a little bit a little bit a little bit a little bit like eventually you run out of gas right and the same thing with repairing and this is another big thing like let's say you ran, you finished hundred miles, right? Your body starts repairing the minute you get off the bike. But if it doesn't have any energy to start repairing, it's not going to repair. And so that's what they say, like drink, like have carbohydrates right when you get off the bike, because you need, your body needs quick energies to start repairing the muscles. So you need carbohydrates, you need some fat and you need protein, right? And so it's like a three to one, you know, carbohydrate to protein because your body needs to do this, right? Protein really does very little for you with the exception of repair right? It repairs muscles, it repairs all these different things, right? But like you can survive, you know, fat is a burner, like, you know, body burns fat, pretty carbohydrates for energy, but it doesn't do protein. Protein is there right. to recover, right? And so like, if you get off the bike and you're like, whatever, I'm going to donut or like, whatever, I'm not going to care about this. Like 
you just ran your car into the ground and you're like, I don't care, like fix it tomorrow. And like, again, like now you're consistent and like not feeling good and you get used to it. Right. And like, I think the biggest thing I've learned in life and like coming from someone who like, dude, I smoked almost two packs of cigarettes a day for 15 years. Right. Wow. And like, you know, quite frankly, like I started cycling and I never thought like I would be really good, but like, you know, at 150, you know, pounds, like I did 410 Watts for 20 minutes up a hill. Like, you know, I was doing pretty good numbers and I was good at breathing, you know? And so like, I, I, you know, your body can repair if, if given the time. And like, I, I think that like, we have all these insecurities and all these Google searches and all these like worries and like, you know, things and like none of us are professionals, right? Like we're not like, if we're professionals then we wouldn't have an opinion and someone would have an opinion for us, right? And they would make us perfect. But like, it's supposed to be fun, right? It's supposed to be good. And so like, if you get a pound because like this, like, you know, the goal is that like, as I said, like the biggest thing I've learned is that like the feeling of good is just the absence of feeling bad. And again, like I'll say this, like, you don't wake up in the morning and say, oh my God, I feel 96% good today. You wake up in the morning, say my back hurts, my leg hurts, like I'm a little sore. You only focus on the negatives, right? And so the absence of negative is positive, right? And again, the same thing with like, you get on the bike and you're like, oh my God, I don't feel bad today. Therefore I feel great. And so again, like the less we can have negatives and the less we can feel bad, the less we can feel hungry, the less we can feel depleted, what consequently you just feel better. And when you feel better, uh, you perform better. There's this great book uh, called Endure that every one of your athletes should fucking read. I told you about it yesterday. Yeah, it's great, man. <laughs> yeah. Like it is a mind trip on how you can trick yourself on like how to perform way better mentally, right? Like, you know, whatever the guy who ran the, you know, sub two hour marathon would like, you know, would smile every, you know, mile to remind himself that like, he actually likes being there. And I started doing that on a bike. Like when it's like up a hill, when I was dying, I reminded myself instead of being like, Fuck, this sucks. Like, like I just reminded myself, like I am choosing to be here and I love this. Mm -hmm. And man, it helps so much. Yeah. Like, yeah. Awesome. Good. Jeff, real quick, Jeff, do we, uh, a lot of us live, I mean, ride, obviously start our day in the morning, 5.30 riding here in, in, mm -hmm. in Utah. I mean, what, what would be kind of your recommendation on, you know, some, some nutrition pre-ride? I mean, I know it's, we're not starting at seven, it's 5.30. I mean, what's yeah, maybe yeah. A, your recommendation? Cause I'm, I'm sure the team would, would love to hear that. Yeah. I, so like, there's this thing that uh, Phil Goglia, like kind of like created, which he called the mash. Right. Um, and it's like, I don't know, depending on like if you ride for more than an hour and a half and if you don't ride for more than an hour and a half. Right. But like, it's pretty easy. So like you go on a bigger ride, like over two hours, like you eat the night before and then you eat the morning of. Right. To like really fuel. And if not, then you don't have to eat the night before. Um, but like it's really like two eggs, a cup of oatmeal and like some honey or some jam like mixed together. Right. And so like it's really and you're hitting that before the ride on, on a, like on a normal day. Yeah, anything that's like over an hour ride or like heavy exertion, I eat that. And because then you don't have to eat a lot on the bike, right? Like you have a little bit of things periodically, but like you you, you just ate 600 calories, right? And you you ride for an hour at 600 calories. So you have like, you know, two split and you're, and you're there, you're calorie positive, right? Because again, like you still burn calories once you're off the bike, except especially when you're doing high intensity stuff. Um, 
which there's something like a cool study about like someone did like 20 minutes on the bike and then like three minutes of sprinting and which burnt, which burned more calories. And it was a three minutes of sprinting because your body was recovering and repairing throughout the day. Right. And so I think it's really interesting. So yeah, basically it's like what I do is like, I'll do like two sunny side up eggs or like two, like six minute eggs and then put them in like ice cold water and then peel them. So like the, the white is cooked, but the yolk is still raw. I'll take like oatmeal and like a cup of it and like honey. And then like literally like stir them all up like overnight oats. And like, right when I wake up in the morning, have that drink a cup of water, have a coffee, whatever, do my business. And then like, you're still an hour into digestion, you know, and it's like silly to wake up two and a half hours before because that's just crazy. But like, right. you eat that at least an hour and like, you're starting to digest, right? You're ready, you're, you're fueled, right? And, you're, and your body's starting to do that. And like that right there will make you feel awesome. You know, if you do it like half an hour, or 10 minutes before you get out the door, like it's going to make you not feel awesome just because you have food in your stomach and like exerting. But like, I think that's probably the biggest thing is like, try to just eat simple, clean foods along the way. And like, again, think about gas station stuff, right? Like, just, like I, all my friends, cyclists will stop at the gas station. And like, if I told you, hey, you're going to feed your kids something like I need you to feed your kid or your, your boyfriend, girlfriend something nutritious tonight you have to feed them something nutritious to like make them feel good tonight the last thing you'll give them is a gatorade and a snickers bar <laughs> right and so like if you're in the middle of a 60 mile ride and you're like dying and your body needs nutrients you're like i'm gonna, I'm gonna a snickers bar and a gatorade or coca-cola like <laughs> like if you actually put it on paper you're like what the fuck am i doing and so again like if you know it's hard to do this but like a banana an apple like just things that are like, you know, your body wants to like inherently digest, right? Like these are things that your body feels good about. Like, and think about like when you eat something, like when you eat a split pack, like up a hill, like you actually feel good. There's an emotional benefit to it, right? So if I gave you like ice cold watermelons cubes, right? At the gas station, you'd be like, oh God, these are so good. Like it's, it, you feel it. Your body's like, thank you. Cause you know it, right? Like you're craving something good, but you get into Snickers and you're like, yes, this is what I feel at nutrition. Like, you know, like, and that's why I said, check in with yourself, like find the things. Cause everyone's different, right? Everyone's going to be vegan. Everyone's going to be whatever, like this, like find the things that make your body go. Yes. And then continue with that. Right. And so like, I love watermelon in, in like ice cold watermelon in my fridge is like, I, I'll eat an entire watermelon. Cause like, it feels so nourishing to me. And like, it's mostly water. It's a little bit of sugar, whatever, but like, man, it just feels so good. And so like, that's my, like, if you had that, like at a race stop, oh my God, I'd be so happy. And I'd feel emotionally better then I'd be able to perform better. Kind of going that like endure book, but like, yeah, I think that that's a big thing. It's like, don't forget to eat. Yeah. Probably would you, would you, where, where do you, where do you, where do you add split into that, into that routine? I mean, on a bike, you know, you have the two eggs and the oatmeal yeah. and then like an hour in you have a split. I mean, like, just so let's say you were doing like an hour ride, right? Like, and so like, again, like, or like the bigger ride. So if you're doing more than an hour, eat your mash in the morning, right? Get on the bike about half an hour in whatever it is, you start ramping up, you do a 15 minute warm up, have a split. Right. And so it's about 160 calories. And so your body can give or take digest 250 calories per hour under stress, right? So right. you have a split, but you're already fueled. And so like every 30, 45 minutes, have a split, right? Again, they're, they're pretty easy. And like, so like on a two hour ride, you can have two, right? Make sure you're drinking water. 
uh, a big thing people, I think people mess up a lot is if you're eating all these things, you're eating salt, you're eating all these different stuff, like your first drink you should have should just be regular water. Because when you drink sports drink right away, it has salt, it has all these electrolytes, all these different things and sugar, right? You're slamming this down, but your body already has all these things, right? You're already, your, your teacups are already full, right? And so your body just needs water to start digesting. It doesn't need to digest more sugar and water, right? And so when you're trying to digest your other food and do all these things and you drink your first bottle, that's like already a mix of something. Now your body's like, all right, well, now we have to digest more stuff. Makes sense. Right. And so your first bottle should just be water because that's what's helping you not pull water from other parts of your body. Right. And then get into the sports drinks, which is harder. I know on a ride, but like scratch, you know, you know, F you guys for not taking away the pineapple. Uh, but like, you know, bring back the pineapple. Uh, <laughs> but like scratch, you can keep in your pocket. They make little things like there are ways of doing it. Right. And again, like I think, you know, like I used to do this. Right. You know, I would do stupid shit on a bike like I would like, you know, wouldn't take off my, I wouldn't stop to take off my jacket. I would like try to ride and like undo my jacket and like bite it and try to zip it up. And like the consequences of broken collarbone, right? And I'd be like, oh, I can't stop on the road bike. Like gotta keep going, I'm a badass. And like, now it's like, like I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing? Like stop, take off my leg warmers. Like, God, like it's like three minutes. Like it's like not the worst thing in the world. And like, I think like nutrition goes the same way and I'm the fucking worst. Like if you ask anyone that rode with me, like group rides weren't a group ride man the minute we would start i was like i'm going my pace you guys can tag along if you want like Mm -hmm. and and so like looking back like i would just be like hey man like sometimes think about nutrition sometimes stop on the bike and take a picture and take off your vest and shove it in there and like bring a bag of dates right like you know regardless of the split product like there are so many things that your body can digest and feel good about right? If you don't want to buy this, like bring a bag of dates, bring some dried fruit, bring some almonds, like these things can live in a Ziploc bag and like, they can be good for you. And I guarantee you, you'll start feeling better, right? You may not get a 10% lift in your FTP, but you'll start feeling better. And that's off the bike too, right? Like, you know, I dare you to go out and eat a bunch of fast food if you don't eat fast food and then feel what you feel like in two hours, like your body's trying to tell you something. And I think that's like the important part about being any kind of athlete is like, we're so good at checking in on everything else with the exception of our nutrition. Yeah. Get the Mick gurgles, Mick gurgles. Yeah. Like, but that's the thing, right? Like we're so good at being like, you know, if someone else asks you like, what should I eat? Like, again, like it's easy for me to be like, oh yeah, eat these perfect things, do this. But like, dude, I'm going to go for a ride and I'm not going to like, I'm going to miss the mash. I'm going to miss these things. I'm going to be like, I need to stop at Starbucks and like do things like if we're not all perfect, but like, I think the idea is like to think about it, right. Is to make sure you know that like, if you're in a calorie deficit, your body can't repair and it can't get better. Right. If you're trying to build endurance and you're trying to do these things, like I think everyone's heard of like fat doping. I don't, maybe they haven't, but like where people in the off season just eat a ton of stuff and they like train, they, they eat and they just get fat. And then they get liposuction and then they go and they go back on a bike. But like the reason they're eating all these different things is like it's feeling your body. Right. And it's like, and, and, you, and you're now able to grow muscle and you're able to grow those things. And like, so I think that like, Again, I go back to like, if we're all professionals, we'd have someone else to tell us, like telling us what to eat is perfect. But like right now, because we're all kind of hobbyists and we're, you know, doing it because it's fun, man, like eat like it's fun. Yeah. Love That's a great that. point. 
Hey, Jeff, as we kind of wrap up, I, I, I am thinking about something you said that you're addicted to progression. Um, <clears throat> I love that idea, but I also love the idea of learning how to be balanced and you have yeah, to balance. So we're, 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 we're all balancing whatever. Maybe talk a little bit about what you've learned about balancing all this stuff advice there. Man, so I'm I'm real bad at that. I think to be like I'm I know like I'm I'm really bad at balance because like I get in my mind about it and like I really like my value and metric of like my success in life is how good I'm doing at something. And like I I don't need a lot of big wins in life. I just need like one little win a day um to make me feel good. And so like it's as simple as like, you know knowing that like I have a pile of trash on my dining room table that I just need to bring to the, the trash can. And if I don't do it, I feel like a failure, right? I feel horrible. Like it's no different than like if I lost a business deal. And so like, it just, my, my mind works. Um, and like, it was really challenging me on the bike to like go for like a recovery ride or go for like relax or something like that because like I felt like I wasn't doing good enough. And like, even though I was, and like, I sort of mentioned to you guys, like I started mountain biking and like, I've really fallen in love with mountain biking. And I think mountain biking has really taught me balance, no pun intended about being on a mountain bike, but knowing that it's a skill as opposed to a, like a, an endurance talent, right? Like if, you know, you kind of own more skills on it. Like you, if you learn how to wheelie and you do it successfully, like three years from now, you'll still know how to wheelie. Um, and so I think what balance is, is really just admitting sometimes that like cycling probably isn't the most important thing in life. Shocking to all of us. I know that, right? I'm the fucking, I'm anyway, if anyone knows me, like, God, they're going to be like, Jeff's a liar. Cause that's all he thinks about. Um, you know, but it is right. Like, and again, like I just had to remind myself and I think I've said it a few times that like, what I've learned is it's supposed to be fun, Right it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be an accomplishment. It's supposed to be like, you know, you crash at 30 miles and like, it's supposed to be fun for the, you know, like, you're like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to finish this 130 miles for me. Right. Like the Jake did, like I get consumed on like that progression part and I forget that it is supposed to be fun. And I make sure that like, I have to win at things. And so like, it's something that I, I definitely struggle with myself, you know, for that balance. But I do remind myself on any given day, whether it's business relationship or this is like, wait a minute, I'm actually supposed to be enjoying this. Like this is supposed to be like fulfilling me, not draining me. Love that. I know Jake, Jake and I just shared goals for 2022 and his final goal is remember, remember, have fun. And uh, I look at it now because I look at him every day. I look at my goals and now Jake's are sitting right below it. So I see them both. <laughs> yeah. And it's a, but it's, true, it's, a right? it's a great, great reminder. Yeah. And I think that's like the big thing with cycling is that like, I think there's so many different people on it. And like some people can like go out on like a bike ride and like have fun and like go bike packing and, you know, really make it that. And then there's some people who are like alphas, you know, boys or girls or whatever that are like, I need to like any town sprint they have to go for and any hill, they see a hill and they're like, yes, I'm going to go up this hill and hard no matter what, like there's no rest days, rest days are for the week. And like, again, like I get it, man, man. Like I'm there with you. Right. You know, like, every day is a competitive day with me, like regardless of what I do. And like, again, like I think something that like I've really reminded myself and forgot. And I think about this with cooking. I'll tell you about this in cooking. So that when I got my first job, I worked at this like shitty Italian place. And like, I was a dishwasher with my buddy when we were like 14. 
right? And I remember like, it was like right when like the first Mortal Kombat like video game came out, like the day I guess it dates me, but like, I remember we get into trouble because like we'd be in the back, like spraying each other with like the, the like the, the, the spray and be like, Aruka, like and pretending that we were Mortal Kombat, we're like cleaning the dishes, right? And like, they're like, owner oh, coming in and be like, the guests can hear you guys. And we're like, shut up, you're paying us illegally, fuck you. Like, and like, and it was sort of like, it was fun, right? And it was fun. And then like, I worked another restaurant and someone's like, oh yeah, you can swear and play with fire and smoke cigarettes. And I was like, yeah, you know, like it was fun. And I would do these things. And like, then I started like, and it started fun, right? And like biking starts fun. And then like, I got competitive and I worked at, you know, some of the world's best restaurants. And like, I started getting all these accolades and I won Forbes 30 under 30. And like, I did all these things and it stopped being fun, right? It started being like real. And every day was like, you know, the worst day and I had to be done. And like, I was mean and I was like this and like, you just like, it was, it was like, you know, like if I, if we messed up a night, I would scream and I would yell and I'd be like, this isn't right. Like you guys got to pull your shit together. And it was all this like fear, right? It was my fear. Right. And I forgot to have fun. And like one day it like clicked and like, you know, like it became like, wait a minute, like food is fun. Restaurants are fun. It's fun for people. Like we play 90s hip hop music in my pizzeria and like we laugh and we make pizza dude we're not curing cancer we're not trying to buy twitter like we're not we're, it's in, like, we're just we're we're having a great environment and like, yes it's a business yes people have to get paid and yes we have to be serious about it but like we are supposed to be doing things because it's fun and i look at the same way of cycling now right is that i think this is how you get burnt out on things burnt out on relationships burnt out on business is that we all get into something because it's fun right? If you start building bikes because it's fun, then all of a sudden you have 50 orders and you're backed up for a year, it no longer becomes fun, right? And I think like if you have a podcast and all of a sudden someone's giving you $20 million a year and they're like, hey, you have to do this every single day and you do this, like it becomes different. And I think again, for cyclists, like I feel really lucky every day I get to go on a bike ride. I feel really good about it. I want to get better. I want to do things better, but like I just have to remind myself that it's fun. And like the reason I do it is because it's supposed to be fun and it's not supposed to be a chore. It's not supposed to bring me down for a week because I missed an interval. And like, that took me a long time to understand. Great. Such good advice. Beauty. You're what? Dude, come on. Stop pretending. Wise, man. Stop. Just stop. Just messed up a lot, you know? Just trying to figure out myself. All the things that I'm telling you, it just, uh, these are things I tell myself every single day, too. That's good. Like, it's, you know, there's there's a lot that I'm trying to learn for myself. Well, I appreciate it, Jeff. You're uh, a good dude. Hopefully, you can come to Utah. Yeah, well, hey, that's that's what I was saying. So, like, we are planning splits doing this secret. I'm going to let you guys know first. Uh, We're doing this, like, kind of secret pop-up like parking lot party across the country uh we're gonna start in utah at harman's like in draper and a few other places that like we're just gonna set up shop bruce and i bruce is a very accomplished cyclist and he's way more handsome than i am so like everyone will love him um but like we're gonna set up in a parking lot with a booth and a bunch of split packs and like swag and bracelets and a bunch of other different things and like, we're just going to hand out packs and like sort of have a party, like talk about it, meet cyclists, you know, maybe do a group ride, do something else like that. Like we're looking at like the 13th, 14th and 15th in next month. Um, okay. So we'll definitely be in contact with you guys, like go out to dinner, go for a ride, do something. Um, yes. But like, it would be rad, you know, and I think it would love to meet the cycling community there and like either show up at a group ride and like hand out split to everybody and stuff like that. But like now that kind of like 
everything is going back to, you know, I guess like COVID protocols are hopefully going more safe and stuff like that. And like, depending on state by state, but like, you know, like I obviously love to talk and like, so did Bruce. And so like, we really want to get out there and meet the people like you guys who are doing stuff, right. We want to be a part of the community cycling as a community. So like, yeah, hopefully in the next few weeks, we'll be able to actually meet in person. Great. Okay. We'll keep the team updated. That's that money. We love it. Yeah, man. And if there's anything I can do for you guys, you guys need more stuff. Like, uh, you know, you want me to go, you know, like I'm gonna work guy, you know? knock on the guy's I'm door working. in California and take the bike back. Like I'm ready. Like, uh, <laughs> you guys want me over. I'm, I'm, I'm team me yeah. right now. <laughs> hey, hey, Jeff, real, real quick. What's, what's your go-to flavor on split? Like what, what's the, what's your go-to? uh i you know the new the new chocolate are just awesome man i love the chocolate but like peanut butter strawberry is like my my jam literally i'll tell everyone a secret i hate grape jelly i hate it i never liked it i think i've probably eaten three grape jellies of ours since day one my business partners love them but like every time i try them i'm like all right i'll try it right now and i'll try it i'm like god i can't do it so um yeah, I think, you know, those are the new ones. Uh, we're coming out with some new ones, I think maybe later in the year as well. We're looking at like, you know, raw honey and stuff like that. Like, I think nice. there's some cool stuff. So, you know, hopefully um, we got a lot more coming. And then the other thing uh, we're looking for in Utah uh, around it, if there's any like young thriving people who like want to hand out split packs around their schools, parks, whatever, like get in touch with us, you know, um, you know, reach out via Instagram or my email is probably you're going to regret this. Uh, Jeff at splitnutrition.com. <laughs> I get as much spam as anybody's or whatever, but you know, like email us, man. Like we really, I love Utah. Like my best friend growing up lives in Draper. Like, you know, I have a lot of ties there. And so, you know, if I can move anywhere in the world, it'd be Utah. I'd be another California guy moving there. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, you know, like, if there's anyone who wants to like work with us or like hand out packs or stuff like that, or any athletes who just like need a little extra help because they don't have a lot of money, but they're trying, like, you know, we want to be there for you. We want to support the community that you guys obviously are connected nice. with. That's awesome, Jeff. Great. Thank you. And I'll bring splits to every team ride uh, when we go immigration at 6 a.m. I'll, uh, I'll load my pockets down so we can sample them and um, share them out. So I love good. it, guys. Thank you, Jeff. Awesome. Yeah, no, it was my dude. pleasure. You guys are rad. It was great to meet you, Jake. Great thanks for uh, breaking into some workday time for you. Show us your vest. You wearing the Sinclair vest? Sure. Oh yeah. man, Sinclair. Jake, I feel like you're like you're like the uh, you're about to go Steel. raise some money in like a, a New York hedge fund with that vest. <laughs> uh, you know, just I'm in the oil and gas business, Jeff. So we're oh, uh, we're trying awesome. to fight the good fight right now. So uh, hey, so my best friend that I grew up since too, he's in the oil gas business too. So like, I, I definitely I know that I know the fight you guys are fighting. You, you won't be able, you won't be able to to, drive, to buy a gas guzzling car in 2035, I guess, according to your your governor. So, well, I, I drive a V8 truck, so well, you know, <laughs> wear a cowboy hat on any time I'm driving. So, like, <laughs> I, I definitely make all the Californians feel a bit uncomfortable. Nice. <laughs> all right, good. boys. Awesome. Thanks so much. Grateful to be with Thank you both. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Great to meet you.